changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I'm talking to Dimity McDowell, who is one of the two amazing women behind the organization for runners called Another Mother Runner. And today we're going to talk about how to get yourself motivated to get out there because it's summer, and also how running can be the basis for your social life expanding and for you building a community for yourself wherever you live. So, Dimity, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thanks, Amy. Really glad to be here. So, Dimity McDowell founded Another Mother Runner in 2010 with Sarah Bowen Shea, and they're both writers and runners, and they've written three books. One is called Run Like a Mother, one is called Train Like a Mother, and one is called Tales from Another Mother Runner, and they host a weekly podcast and they offer training programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. And Dimity is a graduate of Colgate, so she lives out in Colorado now, but she at least went to college in the cold four-season, not-so-great weather, you know, upstate New York area. (laughs) (laughs) And she managed to graduate Phi Beta Kappa, even though she was rowing crew, which is quite an accomplishment, because I know you spend hours a day when you're on a college sports team She wrote for ESPN Magazine. She was a senior editor at Sports Illustrated for Women. And then 19 years ago, she became a freelancer for many sports and fitness publications, including the very well-known Runner's World. And she has teenage children, so she's a very busy person. And we were very lucky that she wrote a story for us in our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. So, Dimity, I thought maybe we could first talk about your story in the book, and then we could move on from there and talk about your mother's running group, because I was just talking to somebody this week who said she's four months pregnant, and she's going to go and look to join mother's running group now to create friendships with other new mothers in her community. Sure, sure. Absolutely. That sounds like a plan. The story that you wrote, I loved. It's called Always There for Me. And can you just tell our listeners a little bit about it? Because they will see it in our Chicken Soup for the Soul Running for Good book. So I don't want you to give away everything in it, but just give them a sense of your story. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like a love letter to running. It's acknowledging that running is a relationship in my life that I have to grapple with. (laughs) Even though it's an activity, I, I sometimes think of it as a person or as another kind of silo of the family. I've got family, I've got business and work, I've got house, and then I've got running. And like any good relationship, it has its ups and downs. At the beginning, it's all love. And oh my gosh, it's so easy. And I can get out the door and just go do a couple of miles and feel like a rock star. And then you do it for long enough. And the chances are you might get injured, which has kind of been my story a little bit. And you realize that in order to stay running strong and healthy for a long time, it requires all these accessories as far as like strength training and foam rolling and making sure you have time to do it and the financial means to enter races and all this stuff. And so it gets more complicated as the relationship gets deeper as like any other relationship, right? So it's kind of unpacking that a little bit. And that makes sense because I think that running versus other sports, people really define themselves as runners. Dean Carnass is my co-author on the book, and I know he's a friend of yours. 
he said to me, mm-hmm. nobody says, oh, I'm a walker. Like, I walk three miles a day. No, I would never <laughs> say to somebody, oh, I have four kids and I'm a walker and I'm an editor-in-chief. You know, but if you're a runner, you always put that on your list of labels that you apply to yourself. So it really is like a full silo in your life, just like husband, kids, job, house, exactly, dog, exactly. whatever else. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like anything else, if you want it to become a positive thing and grow and mature and bloom and, you know, kind of accentuate your life. I mean, it's like a flower, right? You got to tend to it and feed it and, you know, all those things in a good way. I mean, it's something that gives a lot back to you, but it is more complicated than it seems. And the thing is, it's like anything else. Like there are some days when you don't want to walk the dog or there's some days when you don't want to call <laughs> call somebody to repair that thing in your house that you know you have to get done and it's a pain and you're going to have to take a day off from work to supervise it. And there's some days when you don't want to drive your kids yet again and spend four hours in the car going to some, I don't know, meet where you drive four hours and then their part lasts six minutes, whatever. And you just have to do it. And running is the same thing, right? You just have to do it even on the days you don't feel like it. Sure, sure. I mean, consistency is such a big part of staying a strong, healthy runner. And even days that you don't have to do it or you don't want to do it are usually the days that you need to do it the most as far as from like a mental and spiritual level, right? Because it's usually you're kind of in a funk or it's raining outside or whatever, you know, you're PMSing or whatever it happens to be. And you're like, you know what? I really need a little boost. And running is usually an easy way to get that. So I sometimes, I mean, I do my walking, not running, but basically I'm putting on the shoes. I'm getting out there. I'm doing it regularly, whether I want to or not. But I've redefined my walking as my audiobook time or my talking to my husband time if he goes with me or my listening to podcasts time. And so it's not really, oh, I'm going for a three mile walk. It's, oh, I get to go and listen to my audiobook for, you know, 50 or 55 minutes. And so I'm like, great, I get to go listen to my book. And the fact that I'm going to walk while I'm doing that is really secondary. Yeah. Oh, and that's a great way to do it, Amy. I mean, just kind of having a little bit of a carrot, you know, during your exercise session. So whether it's you're moving outside, having an audio book. I mean, I know a lot of women that do that or that they save certain podcasts for their long runs because it's such a treat for them to listen to those. The other thing, you know, if you're at the gym, there's certain shows like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever that I do right now. And I'm like, I don't allow myself to lie in my bed and watch it or on the couch. But if I'm on the bike or the treadmill or the step mill or whatever at the gym, then I can watch it. And so there's some incentive there for sure. That makes total, total sense. And also in your group, because mothers are running together, well, you owe the other runners your, I guess, appearance, right? If you don't appear, then the group doesn't exist. And so you have an obligation to the other people. Plus, it's fun to run with other people. So you've created another incentive through your running group, which is national, called Another Mother Runner. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of peer pressure in a good way, right? We kind of say we gently push each other out the door. We don't have a physical group that meets, say, at like six o'clock on Saturday morning or something like that. What we have is a virtual group, and we call it a virtual aid station. And if you're not familiar, you know, aid stations are in races where they'll have like water and gels and things like that, that you might need to continue on your way before you get to the finish line. And so what we do, if I'm having a tough day, like we were just talking about, and I'm like, ugh, no cell in my body wanted to go, but I went out and I did a run walk for three miles and I feel so much better. You post that on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's this kind of chain reaction to, oh yeah, I'm in that place too. I'm going to do, she did it. I can do it. Right. 
And so there's this nice kind of subtle peer pressure, but it's not like, you know, it's a positive peer pressure and it really tends to work. And it's really nice because there isn't any qualifications around it. It's not like I went and I said, I ran three miles at an eight minute pace, you know, and you go try to beat my time. It's like, you know what? I went and moved forward for about 30 minutes and I feel so much better now. Right. And so like that person who reads that might say, okay, I can go now and move forward for 30 minutes and she might be crazy fast and she might be just starting out and it doesn't matter because she's just moving forward and taking care of herself. I mean, there's just something really pure and clean about that. That just feels really good. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to be back with Dimity McDowell. And we're going to talk about some more tips for getting yourself out there, whether you're running or walking. And even if you are a brand new beginner at the whole thing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're back with Dimity McDowell, and we're talking about how you can get yourself out there because it's summer and it's time to get out there and run or walk, whatever it is. So, Dimity, what tips can you give somebody who's brand new and they're, you know, heavier than they used to be, more out of shape than they used to be, but it's summer and they look outside and they're like, I really should reconnect with nature and I should get out there and I can listen to audiobooks and make this happen. So how do you suggest somebody get started? Well, so a couple of things. First of all, I think you need to remove any idea of, like you just said, like maybe you are in the shape that you used to be or you're heavier or especially if you used to be a runner or someone who's really into fitness and you've kind of lost it just due to life circumstances. Just realize that you just need to move forward, right? That's really what we need to do. So Start at a place that feels very doable. And if that means that it is a 20-minute walk, you walk down your street for 10 minutes, turn around and come back and call it good, that is awesome, right? And if you want to turn that into do that for a couple of weeks until you feel really strong and good with that, and then if you want to try to start running, you know, put in little segments of running. You don't have to go out and run for 20 minutes straight your first time. You can go out and run for 30 seconds on, 30 seconds of walking, 30 seconds of running, 30 seconds of walking. And then you can slowly increase the time that you run up to like a minute and then 90 seconds. And the best thing that you can do is keep it gradual. And that's hard to do in our like all or nothing society. You're like, I'm either going to go run three miles as fast as I can or I'm not going to do anything. And instead coming in at kind of the middle ground and just saying, okay, I'm going to go move forward And then I'll challenge myself a little bit when it feels appropriate. I think that that's just a nice way to come at it in a gentler way. Yeah, I sometimes say, oh, I'll just run to the next mailbox when I'm walking in a suburban neighborhood. And then I run to the next mailbox. And I can't believe how, when did I get just running, you know, a couple hundred feet? Then I'll walk, then I'll run, then I'll walk. But I've basically given up on running personally. And I just try to walk really, really fast which I think gives you a lot of the same benefits. Oh, absolutely it does. I mean, the other thing too that I would just say, Amy, is maybe just slow down that run a little bit to the next mailbox, right? 
say if your run, if you were on like a five gear thing and your walk was at a three, make your run at like a three and a half or 3.75. Don't make your run at a five, you know, just pick up the pace just a tiny bit so that, you know, you're running, but you're not, I think some of us have this idea that you have to run as fast as you did back in like your middle school track days, right? Like when we had to take the presidential physical fitness test, right? And that's not the case. Just pick it up a tiny bit and see how that feels. Because you don't want to end your run or your first session or any workout feeling defeated. You want to feel like, okay, so that was a little challenging, but I could do it again, right? And it sounds like you're kind of there, but I would encourage you to maybe just slow down that run a little bit. Yeah. And one of the things I was talking to Dean Carnassus about was if you really have never done this before and you need to figure out how to get yourself to go out there, he had a great tip. He said, go and buy an expensive pair of shoes, running shoes or walking shoes, because then you're going to be forced to use them because you're going to feel so guilty if you spent $100 on a pair of sneakers and you're not using them. And so I thought that was a great way to get started. Yeah, a little material pressure is great. Now, what if somebody wants to find a running group how can they do that? Even though you don't set them up yourself with your Mm -hmm. another mother runner website, how do you recommend that women go about doing that? Um, I mean, a couple of ways there are, you know, especially if you have young kids, um, there are a couple of national chapters of things like moms run this town. I think that's another one called she runs this town, which are for female runners. You can ask at a local running store, We know one woman who, she's a friend of mine now, but back in the day, she kept seeing these four women running around her neighborhood. She was just like, one day she pulled over her car, stopped it and said, can I join you? And she did. And now they've become fast friends and fast friends. I mean, tight friends, not necessarily fast running friends, but sometimes it takes a little bit of courage to put yourself out there. But there are beginner running groups, definitely running stores. And then, like I said, if you kind of look up Moms Run This Town and some other organizations like that, you can definitely find something in your area. Well, that is very helpful. And I know that one other thing that happens is that people, if they're resuming running, they try to compare themselves to their past times, or if they're just starting out, they're going to compare themselves to their friends or other runners. But I know you always advise, like, keep your eyes in your own lane. So how do you do that? How do you join a group and then not compare yourself and not feel bad about the other people being fitter, faster, et cetera? Well, I will say, and you probably have experienced this with your editing people, Amy, and working with Dean, is runners are some of the most inclusive, lovely people I've ever met in my life. And so just know that they want you to go out and have a great day, just like they want to have that for themselves, right? And so it's not like they're going to say, oh, there's Amy, she's walking the three miles and while I'm running it a lot faster than she is, right? That just doesn't happen, Right. So instead, they're going to be like, really, the fun part of the run is afterwards, when everyone kind of sits around, and especially if you're on a group run, you might have some snacks or a beer or whatever, and chat about just life and how it's going. And you might talk about your run or your upcoming races and that kind of thing. It's really about the community and enjoying that. And if you are coming back to running or, you know, you're getting older and you're noticing your paces slowing, and that can be hard, and especially because we have all these electronics now that tell us exactly how fast we're running to like the nanosecond, right? So it's not like you can be like, oh, that was a good run. And then you look down and you realize you were going slower than you wanted to. And all of a sudden, what felt like a good run, you know, all of a sudden got soiled by the fact that you were going a minute slower than you thought you were, something like that. And I would just say that like, it's really important to tune into your body and realize that no matter what you're doing, you're doing a good thing for yourself, right? No matter how fast you're going, no matter what 
factors may come into your own speed, you still have this beautiful momentum of moving forward. And when you do that, one of the things that we always say is that you become a more patient mother, you become a more loving partner, you're a more effective worker, your energy, your positive perspective kind of just benefits everybody around you right? I mean, you're just in a better mood. So if you can kind of zoom out and keep that perspective instead of saying, oh, I'm not as fast as I want to be, but instead like, hey, I am really putting myself in a good place to have a great day. I mean, that's a win right there. You're totally right. You get the endorphins no matter what your speed. So Dimity, how can people learn more about you and another mother runner? Well, thanks for asking. We have our website is anothermotherrunner.com. And like you said, we do have a weekly podcast. And so you can find that on all the major podcast channels. Just search Another Mother Runner. The Train Like a Mother Club is at trainlikeamother.club. And then we're kind of all over social media, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and all those things. So just look for us and we'd love to have you join us. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That was Dimity McDowell. And I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And I'm going to be sharing a bunch of stories from our new running book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good, over the course of the summer. And you can listen to them while you're outside running or walking. Or if it's a rainy day, yes, you can be inside on the treadmill. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that each new episode will automatically appear in your phone. And we'll be sharing stories from the book in our free daily email as well. So if you want to have a free story delivered to your email inbox every day, go to chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button. You'll see a button to sign up for the newsletter. And you'll actually find a bunch of choices, including the daily story newsletter or our three weekly newsletters. One has stories about pets. One has stories about busy moms, including moms who run. And one has stories about fighting cancer. Thanks, Dimity. Thank you, Amy. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.